Welcome to the Simply Resilient Podcast, episode number 109, a coaching session with one of my military girlfriend clients. My name is Jessie Ellertson, and I am a certified life coach, a 15-year military wife, and a mother of six. I love working with flowers, playing games, and going to the movies, and I'm a huge fan of my husband and kids, sleeping in, and everything about food. I have created this podcast as a free resource for military wives who want to improve the experience that they are having while their service member is deployed. If you are ready to thrive while your husband is away, then you are in the right place. So I have taken a session with my client's permission and edited it to be ready for a podcast episode because I also get many questions from people just being unsure what coaching looks like, sounds like, what it would feel like, what it would, you know, what, what it, what's like. They, that can be a bit of a struggle to visualize or imagine what actually getting coached by a life coach would look like using the model and on all of that. I think that you get glimpses of it here on the podcast and definitely some good ideas of some of the shifts that can happen in your thinking. But coaching really is the next level where we dig into what's going on very specifically for you, what's going on very specifically inside your brain. So I love to publish coaching sessions here on my podcast every once in a while so that you guys can really see what that looks like. Now, the distinction there is that I work with military wives, but I also work with Uh, military girlfriends. You might say military significant others or or whatever on the spectrum, but I think that's such a interesting question that I get pretty frequently. Uh, I'll get an email or something saying, you know, I'm not a military wife. I'm just a girlfriend. Are, Are you still able to work with me? And the answer is absolutely yes. I work with anyone who's in a relationship with somebody in the military because I'm here to help in that scenario because that can be such unique circumstances. So one little clarification I want to make is that for my client's privacy, I take out all the names. And so if there's ever a part in this episode today that you're listening to that sounds a little weird or didn't quite make sense to you, it's probably because I just took out the name right in that spot. And part of me wishes that I could just do like a beep or something so that you could see that I had cut out something there, but I don't really know how to do that. So if there's a little confusion, just imagine a name right there. Just pick a name, put it in there, and then that sentence will probably now make sense. (laughs) And I do that just so that my client can feel very comfortable with this session going on my podcast that so many of you listen to. So I hope that helps. I hope that you guys really enjoy this session. We talk about uh, her boyfriend getting ready to come home from deployment. She's preparing for him to come home within the next few weeks. He's been gone about a year. And this is near the beginning of uh, me working with this client who I've been working with for about a year now. This is one of her first sessions. And so it was very fun for her. I sent it to her first to make sure she was okay with it. And she said, oh, I can't believe that was a year ago. You know, it was just very fun for her to go back and and watch and listen to that and fun for me as well as we've kind of celebrated working together for a year now and seeing how far she's come. So I know that you guys are really going to enjoy this. And with that, let's get right to it. Hello. Hi. Hi there. Tell me, you said in your email that you were interviewing for new jobs. So you've been at your job for a while, but you're changing. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, I have been there about six and a half years. And one of those things where I, I think it's just kind of like the world we're in right now, but so many people are moving and looking for jobs. And I had a couple of people, uh, different organizations reach out to me on LinkedIn. And I don't know, I think I've been feeling pretty like stuck in my current role for a while now in this whole last year. Um, and just kind of 
looking for something for moving to a smaller company where I have a little bit more autonomy and I might, you know, might have a little like a team that under me and that kind of thing. So I'm just excited to kind of get out of like the super big corporate politics a little bit. Um, so I, um, I actually received an offer yesterday, so I'm excited about that. I have a couple of follow-ups. I haven't decided because I have a couple, I have a follow-up with one of the other um, organizations tomorrow and then we'll see where that goes. But the offer that I received, I'm really excited about. Um, the company's in Oregon, um, actually, but I'll be remote, so I don't have to move. But yeah, it's like a startup, so totally different environment than I'm used to this kind of big corporation of 30,000 employees to like wow. 75 employees. So I'm, I'm really excited just about the opportunity to like grow a little bit and I have a lot of heartburn I'm a very loyal person so I'm, I'm already dreading like <laughs> having a conversation isn't that interesting to like simultaneously feel those emotions of like the yeah. dread and the like uh, almost like guilt and like excitement yep. like I can feel those at the same time <laughs> exactly exactly so yeah the more I think about it and the more I'm just like I think it's really the right next step for me but um I probably wouldn't have sought it out on my own so. Yeah, one of 75 will be a very different experience than one yeah. of 30, whatever, 30,000. That is crazy. That's really exciting. Have you heard me talk about the 50-50 on the podcast? A little bit, yeah. That's a lot, where it's like, that's the 50-50 of changing jobs, right? You have to leave behind your coworkers that you love, or you, you feel like you're threatening that loyalty or whatever, like that's the hard part. And then the, the fun part is new environment, new coworkers, maybe better pay. Mm-hmm. And sometimes just like that fresh environment yeah. It just gives your brain, like if you were feeling stuck here, it just gives your brain this like brain lift, like a facelift. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And it's just like feeling kind of unmotivated, which I know a lot of motivation is internal, right? Like, and that's something that you can work on, but I just, I've been feeling very disconnected and from my work, I would say for really like the last nine months or so. Um, so it's, I am already just like energized by the new opportunity and I think that's kind of what I need so I'm, I'm excited I'm nervous <laughs> that's exciting well how are yeah. you about how are you feeling about making that decision once you kind of have all the information are you feeling pretty good about it I am I'm feeling okay about the decision making uh, tomorrow I might feel differently after I've met with them and I'm like oh my gosh I don't know so but I I feel pretty good about it so far do you know what you do want to talk about today? What you want to focus on? We can talk about multiple things, but do you have like a, a direction you want to go today? Um, yeah, I mean, I think in in terms of like thinking about coming home and all of that, that's really kind of where I'm focused on, like in that realm. Um, and yeah, just kind of building, I guess, on what we started a couple, like a couple of weeks ago or last week. Was that only last week? Um, <laughs> like 10 days ago that's why yeah okay so somewhere between a week to two weeks um so anyway um yeah I would like to just like maybe build on that a little bit more and like think about how to talk a little bit more about how to reframe that um thought process um and I don't know necessarily how long like that will take but if there's you know more other topics that kind of come up whether it's with this new job or whatever, I'm, I'm kind of open to like where the conversation leads, but yeah. Awesome. But yeah, typically you'll just let me know, like, I know what I want to talk about today, or I I'm open to talking about whatever. And you and I will just kind of like explore until we land on something we want to talk about. So you can okay. show up with a, something or nothing. And either way, we'll be totally fine. Okay. Typically, if you show up with something, something you've already been kind of working on yourself and thinking about, we can get a lot further in our, in our hour, you know, 
sometimes you just want to show up and say like, I'm just feeling stressed and I have no idea why or whatever. And then we'll just kind of explore until we find some of the things or whatever, or I'm just feeling really drained of energy or you can show up with something very vague and we can just, you know, go at it. Sure. So I love building on what we talked about 10 days ago or whenever it was. I was just looking at that model before we got on the call. How, how are you feeling since that session? Like, has anything new come up for you or where are you at with that? Yeah, I think the, both of the, like start the starting points that we had, like the, the two different models that we started, like, I think both of those are still relevant. I mean, obviously it hasn't been that long, but, and I'm just, I've been focusing, I guess, more on like the fear aspect of it of like, okay, where is that coming from? I don't know if that's the right place to start necessarily, but I think I've been, I've just been more aware of it. I don't know that I've made any progress, but it's like, okay, I've seen kind of how that's like shown up a little bit in like my conversations with him and my conversations with others. And I love that. That sentence you just said is golden because I want you to learn to accept that as like a super official step in all of this of like, oh, I've just started to notice it more. I'm seeing my pattern more. I haven't really changed anything. I'm still super, I'm still thinking what's my role a lot, or does he even, you know, I'm still kind of in that fear place and I haven't really improved it, but the awareness is such a critical step. Have you listened to the three stages of awareness that you can think of? I don't think so. Okay. It's so cool to start to, like, I talk about awareness a lot on the podcast because it's pretty much always where we start. Typically things have been sitting in our unawareness and then we bring them into awareness and they almost feel like they got worse actually, as we just increase our awareness, even though nothing really changed. Then that, from that point is when we're ready to work on, you know, improving it or, you know, solving it. Or I, I, I like the word solve, but I try to never, or I try not to use words that think that you would like be cured from the problem. Mm-hmm. I love to identify things that are causing you trouble or that you're not enjoying the results that are coming from it and just improving it. I like to say like, okay, right now your fear might be at like an eight sometimes when you really start to spin in it or whatever. And we just want to say like, even at your worst, once we work on it, it'll only ever get to like a four or five, you know, like we're never going to cure ourselves of fear. You know, we're just going to improve that whole experience and make it so that we don't get up to those higher numbers that can you know really impact us mm-hmm. make sense yes so i'll send you that episode on the three stages of awareness but I, I just love that sentence you said because we often don't give ourselves any credit until we see like the improvement but there's the unawareness then there's the awareness and then there's like the working on it and all of those are steps like all of those are pieces of the journey and so you can even spend like a lot of intentional time just on awareness and that is making progress yeah it's a big one. I love it. And we don't give enough credit to awareness. I like, I liked when you said that. Okay. So tell me, just start to tell me a little bit about, you said you've noticed it a little more in your conversations. Tell me a little bit more about those conversations or even how it's felt to notice it more. Just kind of start to go into those places a little bit. Yeah, I think so. Something that I, you know, got from your podcast and also like our conversation last time was this like cupcake model. Right. Mm-hmm. And I love it. And I hate it at the same time. <laughs> All of this is like, it's like, can feel like good news at times and bad news at times. Same patience, yeah. totally fine. <laughs> yes. And I think where I'm at with it is like, logically, I like, I totally agree with that. And I totally, um, uh, like buy into it. And I, that's how I want to live my life in like, I don't need this constant like validation from 
him or just any relationship, right? Or like, I don't need to feel, you know, the the cupcake or the frosting-y feelings all the time. But I, I think where my fear, and it's really been this way, I think throughout the deployment, but as it gets closer, it's becoming more tangible of like, how much is too much grace in that area? And like, where, like, what kind of relationship I don't want to say standards, but like, what kind of things do, should I be looking for like healthy, unhealthy relationship things? And, you know, if this were like a more traditional dating relationship, it's a little bit easier to kind of, you know, judge throughout the process of like, is this a good fit? Are we compatible and all of those kinds of things? So I guess my fear I've really been noticing in the like, is this a frosting thing or is this a cupcake thing? And, and what, what, how much is too much? Um, I don't want to say understanding, but like, Oh, grace was a good word for that. Yeah. And I think I've, I've been in a previous relationship where I think like I did kind of justify a lot of the like aspects that ultimately in hindsight were like, okay, wasn't necessarily a healthy relationship. And so I, I think I'm afraid of doing that again. And I, it kind of comes back to the, like, can I trust myself aspect of it too? So mm. I've, I've just been noticing, I guess, I guess I would say I've noticed that in other, in certain ways throughout our relationship, even pre-deployment, but um, it's just become so like laser focused on, you know, conversations that we're having because that's all we have, you know? Oh. Um, like you evaluate your relationship in a different way because there's so little to dissect. Yes. Mm. Exactly. And that's okay. So that's, that's good. That's where I've noticed this. <laughs> okay. I have a question. In the yeah. Yep. Uh, when you say, can I trust myself? What do you mean by that? Like when that comes up for um, you, what do you mean? I think, can I trust myself that I am making, you know, right relationship decisions, whether that's like, micro decisions day to day, like how to communicate or macro decisions of like, is this the right person for me? You know, is this a good like life partner and anything in between? Right. <laughs> um, so, so that's a that's little heavy. Is that a little yeah. heavy when you, when you think of that, like, kind of like, am I going to do this right? Yeah. All the tiny decisions that lead up to the big ones or even make the big ones. Right. Yes. So, yeah. so don't, let's, let's take, let's go away from trusting just for a second and come over to what you just said there of like, make the right decisions. What makes something the right, like, like even micro or macro, like you were saying, let's just, let's go with, let's go with micro for a minute. What are the right decisions? Like, how, how would you know what the right decisions are? I don't know. <laughs> that's, I think that's part, part of it. It's like, there isn't, there isn't a scorecard for something like that. Um, or like a book that's a one size fits all. There's lots of relationship right. books, but yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, you know, and obviously like I want to make decisions that are like healthy for both me and him and us together. And I want to like honor our own personalities, I guess, you know, there's just certain things that are, you know, more, more my personality, certain things that are more his personalities, but also like, what's that middle ground too of like what's good for the relationship and what's good for us independently so that's that's not really a great answer because it's still it's hard to really judge what the right decision is still because there isn't a scorecard but that was a great answer I loved it you're like that was a great answer no it was a great answer because that's the thing in this in this coaching when we start to explore whatever you say back to me is the right answer right 
I'm not fishing for one particular answer. I'm wanting to know what your current answer to your brain is, right? Because mm-hmm. because it, it, we don't usually think it all the way through. We just think we just like the thought that probably will come up for you is, can I trust myself? So mm-hmm. then, okay, okay, what does that even mean? Okay, can I trust myself? Right decisions. What would the right decisions look like? Like we don't always go down there, but like subconsciously we're answering. We're 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 thinking and saying all of that, but at the at the front of our awareness we're just thinking can I trust myself like I hope I'm doing this right like we're thinking a few little things like that but when we just slow it down and say like okay when I ask myself this question what I'm really asking myself is it's my job to make all these right decisions I can I do that will I do that okay what would even the right decision look like here's and then we just start to kind of massage it and open it up a little because it's all wrapped up really tight and making you feel like heavy and I mean I use the word heavy how do you feel when you contemplate like can I trust myself Oh, yeah. I mean, I think heavy is a great word for it. I feel a huge sense of pressure and on myself. And I'm, I'm certain that that, well, I guess I can't say I'm certain, but I'm um, sure that that comes through in my communication. And that's pressure that Mitch is feeling too. And um, yeah, it just puts a heaviness and like a huge amount of pressure on every conversation then right because it's all through this like lens so it would be great if we don't need to make this light but let's just lighten it up a little let me show you what i mean here we're gonna put heavy and pressure right here to just leave both of those there and think about that for a second so i'm gonna put can i trust myself i'm gonna show you this because did we talk about questions before questions in the thought line I think we talked about that. Yes, I think we put in the previous example, we put a lot of questions in the action. Oh, ask myself a lot of questions. Yes. Yeah, we don't put that in right now. But so, okay. Did we talk about changing questions to statements or was that not? No, I don't think so. As you start to really manage your mind, one thing I want you to do is I want you to, you'll, you'll, you'll gain awareness around your patterns, right? So you could say, and, and most a lot of human brains have really similar patterns. And then some of us have ones that are like a little more unique to our personality or whatever. So a lot of the concepts I teach, particularly on the podcast are kind of the ones that most of us have, like the all or nothing thinking and the resisting reality. There's, there's typical problems that just humans have because we have human brains, right? Mm -hmm. So I love to show my clients, give them a name for their, their, patterns that are causing them some of their strife right some of their like unnecessary suffering or unnecessary heaviness and so that you can start to set up little flags for yourself of like awareness flags is really what they are where you say like I now notice that I ask myself a lot of questions and when I ask myself questions I feel stressed and heavy and pressure and overwhelmed right and the human brain does that. The human brain asks lots of questions. So it's okay that I'm doing that. And chances are, I'm not actually going to stop. I'm just going to notice now that I do it and have kind of like a thing I do when I realize I'm in this mode of like asking myself a lot of questions. Okay. Now this is just one question. So I'm not trying to say that you're like always asking a lot of questions, but this is just one of your awareness flags. I want you to set up for yourself of like, Oh, like I'm feeling so heavy. Okay. Let me back it up a little more. Oh yeah. I'm wondering Am I doing it right? Can I trust myself? Is this right? Should I, what's my role? You know, and you like are peppering yourself with questions, but you won't even really have noticed you're doing that. You'll just start to feel heavy. You know what I mean? Yep. So you'll try to kind of figure out which you're going to notice first is like the heaviness or the questions. But as what's amazing is as we give awareness, all this credit it deserves, it's going to just become so apparent to you, which again, is going to almost be like good news and bad news at first. It's good news because that's how we work on it. 
it's bad news because it almost feels worse at first. It almost feels like the problem got worse. Remind yourself it didn't get worse. Mm-hmm. You're just seeing it now where before you kind of were ignoring it and just going about your day with some heaviness or, mm-hmm. or overwhelm or stress or pressure. So the, the awareness flag is to watch for either the heaviness or the questions. And then there's a couple of things we can do when this comes up. We're going to talk about this one specifically. I'm just giving you kind of some tools for whatever the questions are, right? So one really, really easy trick that you could probably do like starting today. Sometimes we need to kind of stretch into some of the tools, but one that you should be able to start right away is you just restate the question as a statement. Did we talk about this already? I maybe a little bit, but not a lot. Okay. So when you catch yourself saying like, can I trust myself? You restate it as I'm, I'm worried that I can't trust myself. I'm wondering if I can't trust myself. And that's a statement. And even though, because we don't want to ignore the sentiment, the sentiment is real. The sentiment of this is something I'm concerned about. This is something that's on my mind. We don't want to just be like, don't worry about that. Instead, we want to say like, can I trust myself? That's a big, heavy question. Instead, we want to say, you could say like, I'm worried that I can't trust myself. Or you could go deeper how we did to say like, I'm, I'm feeling pressure about making the right decisions. Because that's really what it is. It kind of helps help to like answer the question, answer the question and just get to what it really, really is, right? Because it's not so much about trusting yourself, even though that's part of the heaviness when you kind of just stay at that surface level question. Not that that's a surface level question, but that, that's, that's in your awareness, that question. Mm-hmm. Because when we get into that, just for a second, I'll side tangent here. It's actually not anyone's responsibility or anyone's it isn't the goal of a relationship is to make all the right decisions the goal of the relationship is to be yourself you know to be authentic to do it right sometimes and wrong sometimes learn from the right ones and enjoy the right ones and learn from the wrong ones and clean up the messes that are made from them right go into problem solving mode if you've created problems but it's actually not the goal in, at all in life or in relationships or in the humanness to make all the right decisions all the time mm-hmm. So can I trust myself to always make the right decisions? You see why this brings out heaviness because you're like, oh, absolutely not. I'm going to totally screw it up. (laughs) That has nothing to do with trust. Maybe that just has to do with opening up to like your humanness of that, you know, like, oh yeah, in relationships, I'm still learning how to be in like a committed relationship in a relationship with someone in the military, you know, like all of this is so new. So, so even that could be your, like your statement could be, can I trust myself? Which really turns into, I'm worried I might make bad decisions or whatever. And then to lighten it up, you could say like, it's human to make some right and some wrong decisions. Or you could say it a lot more concisely than that. Like, it's okay, I'm learning. Like I have found often that when I'm coaching myself, I like the long sentences that remind me what it is I want to think of. But when I'm in the heat of the moment, I want something very concise. Yeah. Like, it's okay, I'm human. It's okay, I'm learning. It's okay. Just, you just need to, something needs to take you from, from that emergency. I made a wrong decision to like, Oh, it's okay. I, sometimes I do. I also make a lot of right decisions, you know, like, so that's, I usually will honestly have like the elaborate sentence that is all really true. And then also like a really condensed version of it when I'm in my models. Cause I, in the moment <clears throat> you're overcoming in the heat of the moment, like say you realize a wrong decision you made, like some information comes up and you realize like, oh, I should have figured that out sooner or whatever. And, and then this is your evidence for like, see, sometimes they make our own decisions. Oh, I thought I could trust myself to make all that. You know, you go into that. This is the heat of the moment. And you go into that moment of like, I thought I could trust myself. And then you're like, I'm overcoming my lower panicked brain here. And I need something so concise that I also believe to be true. So tell me like, 
is this something you can believe to be true? It's okay, I'm learning, or it's okay, I'm human. Does that feel believable to you? Yeah, I think so. I think it's, I really like what you said, like the goal of the relationship is not to make all the right decisions. So like what I'm, what I relate to in that is, I don't want to say like, it's supposed to be this way, but like, it's, Mm. it's okay. It's like almost, it's better for you to learn kind of thing, or like there's positive kind of coming out of the out of the angst in, or of learning how to make decisions or of learning how to manage difficult relationship experiences. Like it's preparing you or it's um, making you a stronger person, I guess. It's preparing me. It's making me a strong, I'm writing out a lot here. This is kind of the brainstorming phase and then we'll kind of clean it up. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's making me stronger. Was that when you said the end? Yeah. So you said like, there's positives here. Like I learned from my mistakes. it's making me stronger right but in the heat of the moment I want to point out and it's I just I like for you to plan on what your lower brain is going to do your lower brain is going to be like who cares about learning I made a mistake I'm a terrible person I'm bad at relationships like it wants to throw all this really intense stuff at you and that's okay you just breathe (laughs) slow it down for a second and like it's okay like this is part of that 50 50 like I I'm good at relationships and I'm bad at relationships Mm -hmm. I make good decisions and I make bad decisions like no one person is all of one thing, right? So I like how uh, you said, let's see, you said the goal of this relationship is not to make all the right decisions. And then you said, oh, I almost typed it out, but then you were like, but not that. So then I didn't, I gotta remember it. That's okay, it'll come back to me. But- <clears throat> Like we're, something about like, you're, it's supposed to be this way or- <gasps> That was it. So when you said you didn't like that, do you not like that? Mm. <laughs> tell me, tell me what comes up for you. It's like, uh, it's that like shy away from pain aspect of that. Like it's supposed to hurt, but it's not necessarily true. It's, um, yeah, it's supposed to be this way is what I like take in that. It's like a preparation process and, um, making, I'm, I can learn from my mistakes and, and that kind of thing. Um, I don't know if like, I'm trying to articulate it, but it, it does feel right. Okay. So there's a little resistance and that's okay. Because your lower brain is like, no, relationships are supposed to be loving and neat and tidy and perfect (laughs) communication. And then you just, you just like, imagine your lower brain is sitting next to you. I, I know it's inside of me, but I always like to imagine it as like someone right. And I'm like rubbing it's back. Like it's this, I always imagine a child. So it's this, the childish part of my brain just sitting next to me and my, my child is just like, I thought it was happily ever after. Wait, I thought relationships were neat and tidy, right? And I rub the back and I say like, it's okay. Relationships can be a little messy sometimes. Even healthy relationships, mm-hmm. human relationships are a little messy sometimes. And when yeah. we have to go to this, then we can kind of come to the other side of what you mentioned of like, but does that mean I just allow everything? You know, like some of your concerns about the grace. So we're going to come over here, but I want to stay on this part for just a second. Mm-hmm. come back to like we want to make space for the messiness but also feel safe and confident in uh like boundaries and requests and some good stuff there so that's like yeah. it's kind of this balancing act of the two because we meet in the middle of I allow for my humanness and his but I also like make sure I'm treated well and are getting the things I want out of a relationship right there's the balance of those yeah two. okay 
So I want you to remind, I think you're going to remind yourself in this, you know, we're doing like the unintentional and the intentional model. Just put that in the one that's just kind of happening. That's, and we're just going to say lighter because we don't need to go all the way to light. We just want it to get a little better. Okay. As it gets a little lighter, when you start to think like, it's okay, I'm learning. It's supposed to be this way. I learned from my mistakes. These are all really concise sentences. I like these. I'm going to bring mine to the back because I think you like this one, but I like to I like to put it the way your brain is thinking of it. I want that to be some of your primary ones, but I do, since I'm really used to, and I have a ton of practice finding these thoughts, I do like to offer you the ones I'm thinking, but sometimes you'll be like, no, that doesn't vibe with my brain at all. Like you can always just, what, you know, that won't make sense. Okay. So one, I want you, I don't know if this should be your first one, but it's such a good one. Like it's, it's such a good one. And we're going to go into that for a second. I'm going to put up the ones you're feeling a little more comfortable with. Then I'm going to put the one that you're resisting. Then I'm going to put mine. That that series. Okay. Because this is a very cool progression. Models often do take a progression. We start with, okay, I could start believing this today. I could operate from this model today. It's pretty easy. It's a, it's a step, right? It's, or we'll call it like a bridge thought. I want to easily believe this is what relationships are supposed to look like. It's supposed to be this way. I want to easily believe that, but I'm not quite there yet. I like that sentence. And when I'm in my totally rational brain, I do believe it. And it's what I want to believe. But if I'm in the heat of the moment, if there's resistance, even when you're like in your rational brain, you're going to like reject it when you're in the heat of the moment. Okay. And that's totally fine because this is like the progression is like strengthening your mind muscles, right? We start with the ones maybe that are a little easier to believe. And then a little bit harder, a little bit harder, and your brain will get stronger as it works towards the, the thought. So often I will have like, here's my goal thought. I don't believe it yet, but I really want to. It's way out there. So I'm gonna find like yeah. two or three steps that'll get me there. Okay, let's go. Let's I think this is a great place to start. These three, and you can say them all three to yourself. You can sometimes, depending on the circumstance, one will be a little more applicable than the other. You might even still in the heat of the moment, get some resistance from these. Like I warned you that your brain would say, who cares about the learning? Who cares about getting stronger? You made a mistake. You know, it might even still resist that. And that's okay. Cause often ones that we can believe in our rational brain will still get a little resistance when we're in like the heat of the moment, because our lower brain has, is, is very good at taking over in the heat of the moment, because often we need it to, when we're in like fight or flight, when we're really needing like to get out of danger, our lower brain just takes over, takes over. And there's some things we really need it to, but then what it does is it takes over when we don't need it to. Right. Yeah. And that's when we just like react and we don't, you know, that's the, un- that's the unintentional model. And it's totally fine. We just are starting to train our lower brain of like heat of the moment. You're going to try to take over. And I'm going to instead say like, I hear you, but this, and that's us saying, mm-hmm. I don't actually, there's no danger. Here's what I want to think in this moment. And all of that just takes a little time and practice to implement. And that'll be really good. Okay. I'm all over the place with my models here. So let's just clean this up really quick. We could get like, can you think of a recent time when you asked yourself this question? Can I trust myself? Like in the middle of a conversation, it does help to think of a specific moment. Yeah. Let me think. I think make it, I think really relevant, not necessarily a very specific conversation, but just the idea of like prioritizing the conversations we've had lately about like prioritizing time when he comes home and like what that's going to look like and not necessarily sure we're always all like on the same page about what that looks like okay so you're having the focus of some of your recent conversations have been like what is it all going to look like when you get home how are we going to spend our time where you know what's our relationship going to look like when we're in person again yeah and maybe right in that moment or maybe after when you're dissecting the conversations you start to 
question and wonder and worry and the fear and right is that mm -hmm. yeah do you feel like it's right in that moment or is it later when you're dissecting or both I would say uh both yeah um it's maybe like a little bit of in the more in the moment it's more like can I trust him and then later it like morphs a little bit into the like can I trust myself mm, that's interesting okay so we've got your good sea line. One thing you could do to strengthen the sea line even a little bit more is think about a moment in a recent conversation where he said something. So you have this little story of like, it doesn't always seem like we're on the same page. Okay, why? What did he say that made me think that? He said, well, I think I'm gonna spend time with my family or whatever. So then you say, said, I'll see you in a, I'm gonna spend a week with my family and then I'll see you or whatever. You know, I don't know what he's saying. And then, and then I thought, Oh, we're not on the same page. Can I trust myself? You know, and then you kind of go into that thing. So we yeah. can totally leave it at this, but as you work on your own models and what, what it's not always easy to go back and remember the moment you thought it like from weeks, a week ago or whatever. But typically if like right after a call, you find yourself dissecting, you're replaying something he said in your head, like kind of watch for that and then be like, Oh, when he said, which is a totally neutral circumstance, the thing he said, here are some of the things I thought like immediately. Oh my gosh, we're not even on the same page. Where is this coming from? Or whatever, right? Yep. yep. So you construct it. It doesn't have to be right away, but just when you catch yourself kind of analyzing it, that'll be a good mm -hmm. moment to pull out. Here's what he said. And here's what I've turned it into, you know? <laughs> okay. So I pulled the C line into both models. We've got our, we're going to actually clean this up now. So we're just going to go with the root. This is one of those elaborate sentences. We often will think something more concise in the moment that's hurting us, like for in a parenting one I have, it's like, they shouldn't do that. They should know better. But in the moment, I just think like, are you kidding me? <laughs> but what I'm really thinking about is like, they should know better. Do you know yeah. what I mean? It's kind of interesting. It's almost like two thoughts that mean the same thing, but the one in the moment is kind of what like a little kid would say. And the one, the elaborate one is what like my adult brain is really actually thinking. So yep. in the heat of the moment, like you're realizing, okay, I'm, I currently knew there's one right way to do a relationship and that's my responsibility. And the human moment might just be something like, uh, this is on me or something, you know, like, do, do you, do you have any thoughts on that? Do you have one that comes up for you right there? I think it's more to do with like the failure of a relationship than it is like, it's on me to be perfect. It's more the like avoiding failure because there's something wrong with me or is it just like, I'm going to fail? Yeah. Something or like that might fail or yeah. Okay. Is it pretty, is it pretty strong? Like I am going to fail or. Yeah. It it's like the, I'm, you know, I am the saboteur kind of. Oh yeah. Oh, see, that's the way your brain offers it to you. And I love to hear that. I am the saboteur. Which maybe a little kid wouldn't say that, but. <laughs> well, hey. Your, your, your little kid is still in an adult brain. It knows a lot of vocabulary. <laughs> <laughs> um, I am the saboteur. I like that so much. And you know what? I, I, one reason I love that is often our lower brain offers us very, uh, like I'm going to use the word violent, but I don't really mean that. I mean like defensive, offensive words. Yeah. Yeah. Like, aggressive. No. Yeah. Aggressive. That's a better word. Not violent. No, um, <laughs> there is no danger here. There's no, no one's attacking. No one's there's like you, the, all you have to do if the conversation is not feeling good to do is hang up. Like that's your biggest defensive move that would be required. You know what I mean? Like, right. but your brain is like, 
he's attacking me or I'm sabotage. I'm the sabotage. You know, it's like, it offers some pretty strong words sometimes. So that's really cool. Okay. So now out of like heavy pressure and fear, which, which feeling kind of sits with you after, when you're in this mode um, or, or another one? I think fear is the most, I mean, I think heaviness is like a um, byproduct of fear. I, yeah, I think we can even put heaviness, walk around feeling heavy. I'm saying walking, but kind of carry around, I'm going to say carry around some heaviness. Yeah. Your action line. Like heaviness to do with your relationship, like your relationship feels heavy. That in fact, yeah. almost like a result. Relationship feels heavy. Hmm. What do you think? Yeah. Yeah. I think, I mean, a results typically like something more tangible or something more internal internal in your mind it, it can be either way uh, often if it's like a if it's like a mathematical measurable model then you'll often have tangible results but so many are just mental like like for example if i'm trying to lose weight i could be yeah. thinking i'm so fat and then i gain weight like a my result line like i gain 10 pounds so then that would be measurable but yeah, it has to kind of be numbers involved for that. And and a lot of them do, but I don't think this one does. I think it is a little bit of just a mental result or a relationship. Yeah. Result. yeah Cause I think it's like, there's an internal component and then there, I think it impacts like the way that I communicate. I, that I action line. Yeah. You mentioned that. And I totally yeah. uh, would concur with that, even though I haven't like witnessed your conversations that typically we show up very differently. And right now, all you have are your words, right? Like we've yeah all you have are these conversations. And so that's why you're really noticing. You don't have any other way to compensate for your fear, which is actually a very cool thing. Uh, not a lot of relationships get this circumstance that puts their relationship through this like microscope, right? Or whatever. So do you want to say like that this negatively impacts the way you communicate? How do you want to say it in your action? Yeah. Yeah. We can like, I'm trying to think of like being more specific, but maybe that's where the pressure comes in. Like it, I put much more pressure on the conversation. I mean, the dissection aspect of it, the like. Oh, dissect a conversation. Yeah, that's a big one. I like the word dissect. I don't think I've ever used that before, but it really, I think I use like analyze or whatever, but dissect, yeah. like, remember when you said this one thing and then, and then did I say that right? Like so much. Yeah. Yeah. That's so interesting. I like that. So yeah, I'm going to say negatively affects because we could say our communication, but what I want to say is the way I communicate with him. Yes. In turn, you might see him communicate differently with you, but we want to remember the two lanes that are going on here, like your models and his models, right? So we tend to think, and this is where we're going to, This I think this will help us make a transition over to the cupcake and some of those other concerns you had, because I want to address those before we go. Do you have like a hard stop at 12? Because I can do it. Well, it's 12 for me. Uh, no, I do not have a hard stop. Okay. Okay. I'll close. I'll close. I try to stay as close to the hour as possible. I, I never end early. That is not my problem. <laughs> anything I I go over. And I, I, I you, if you ever have something that like got to go, you, you know, you tell me and I'll cut it off. But if you have a little flexibility, something we'll go like five, 10 minutes over. But we'll see. We'll sure. see. Okay. Cause I do want to really touch on cupcake and um, grace and so many good things over here. Okay. The, the lanes is a visual I want you to, to work on a little bit, which is your models are over here and his models are over here. Two sides of two, two lanes in the road. Okay. is how I like to imagine it. And when we're not careful and we're not managing our mind, our, our lanes get all mixed up because we think when I show up in fear in our, my conversations, 
and then I'm snappy or whatever, right? Like whatever that looks like, however that negatively impacts your communication. Then I notice he gets grumpy. And so when I'm afraid he gets grumpy. And so it's like my fault that he got grumpy. And, and I like, we just feel like we impact each other so much that it almost becomes like our responsibility to not impact them or our responsibility when we have impacted them. Even if we logically know that's not true, right? And like, cause as adults, we typically know like I'm responsible for my feelings and he's responsible for his, but in a relationship in particular, especially like a romantic relationship, right? We tend to get our lines super mixed up, which is okay. Yeah. So we slow it down and we say, while we impact, we've impact each other because we're, we're in a relationship, right? Uh, we affect each other. We don't want to be unaffected, but we want to really be careful not to place responsibility either way. I made him mad or it's my job to make him happy. You know, those, that's an oversimplified way to say it. When you get clear on who's responsible for what, which is we're just responsible for ourselves, the health of the relationship goes way up. And then you can still from that place, put things in their sea line that you know they love. And that, you know, makes it really easy for them to think loving thoughts about you. Mm -hmm. You didn't control their thoughts or their feelings or their actions. You just said, like, for example, I don't need to cook dinner for my boyfriend, but he loves it when I do. And I want to cook dinner for my boyfriend Mm -hmm. because when cooking dinner for my boyfriend, which is in my action line, goes up into his sea line, he thinks my girlfriend loves me so much. Mm -hmm. And then he feels full and loving and safe and whatever. And then he shows, then his action line comes and you love that action line, mm-hmm. but it's all his responsibility. So as soon as you get to the like super clear on responsibility, then you just get to start putting frosting in his sea line. Mm-hmm. But when we're not clear on responsibility, then we think it's my responsibility to cook my boyfriend dinner so that he can be happy. Mm-hmm. That kind of like, it's, it takes some time to really unwrap this because without realizing it we've gotten all of that all mixed up and we think that's what makes a good relationship is when I make dinner he's happy so it's my job to make him happy and if I don't make dinner he'll be grumpy and that's my fault too you know or whatever you know again I'm making yeah yeah I get it okay so let's touch on before we end and we could probably just go into this really deep you know in depth in your next session but we'll just come over to the cupcake and grace for a second there is so much to say here and it probably should just be your next session, but I will just say a couple of things and then I'll give you just a second. If you have any questions or anything before we end, the cupcake is all about needs and wants the two categories of this goes in the need category. This goes in the want category, which ties beautifully into like boundaries and requests. Have have you listened to that episode requests and boundaries? No. Okay. So good. Okay. All of these come together really beautifully and it takes a little while. Like this is, this is one to spend some time on, you know, if, and if, if, and you can take time, like you don't have to rush any of this because just like when we start to get clear on, well, it's not responding my responsibility, how he feels. So I can act however he wants and it's his fault for like getting grumpy. Right. That makes us kind of want to throw out the getting clear on responsibilities because we're in a relationship. Right. Mm-hmm. Similarly, like you just said, When I start to learn about needs and wants and the cupcake and the frosting, I kind of want to throw it out because then I think if, if I don't need anything from him, then I can just let him do whatever he wants. Right. Like that, that, like, that's not really what you're believing, but you're kind of worried it's going to go there or like, how do I stop that? You know? So every, not every, well, maybe every, every life coaching concept that I teach can be underdone or overdone. Right. It can be you can take, and I, I worry about this on my podcast, actually, and I mention it every once in a while, but I worry because you can take the concept I'm teaching and apply it to a dysfunctional relationship. 
as an excuse to stay in that dysfunctional relationship. Because Jesse said it should just be willing to feel negative emotions. And the, and the, and the boyfriend's like abusing her or something, right? Like right. I say like, everything I teach is to be applied in functional relationships where there's no abuse going on and there's no like severe mistreatment, which for some people would include like raising your voice and for other people wouldn't, right? So everyone has to like define what their functional relationship is. So, so we're gonna spend a next session or, or we can do a couple sessions from now on the needs and the wants and the requests and the boundaries. And I'm gonna send you some, some podcast episodes. But what I think I wanna leave you with is the lanes and lightening things up and watching for questions. Those are some of the main things we talked about today. But then reminding yourself, one of a big reminder for yourself is that you get to decide, right? Just like we know, we logically know there's no one way a relationship should look. So the way you trust yourself, this is going to bring it all back to this first model, is you say like, I know what's right for me, right? Which is going to look different than this person, this relationship right over here that I'm like tempted to compare myself to. I know that when I do something that isn't right for me, I'm going to go fix it. I know that if my relationship ever gets to the point where I realize it's not what I want anymore, I'll handle that in that moment too. This is where we don't need to control circumstances that aren't in our control anymore. We trust ourselves by saying, I'm learning to decide what's right for me. I'm learning to gain awareness around what I like in a relationship, what works for me, what, what I love, what I can get clear on with the lanes and responsibilities. I'm working on all of that and I'm learning how to, how to trust myself that I will take care of me right? Like no matter what decision, no matter how things go, because there's, there's the decisions in your control that sometimes you'll do right. And sometimes you'll do wrong. And then there's the whole other aspect of everything you're doing that you can't control at all. Yeah. This is why relationships teach us so many beautiful things about ourselves is we learn to trust ourselves amidst only being able to control parts of it. Like almost not, not li- very little of it, but so much of it is out of our control. Mm-hmm. You added military life to that. So <laughs> much of it is out of our control. <laughs> You learn to trust yourself that you'll just handle whatever comes up, whatever results come from the decisions you make and that you're learning what's right for you. You're learning what, what, what a right relationship looks like for you. You're learning what you like, what you need, what you want and how to ask for it, how to take care of it yourself and ask for the things you need from other people. The needs are what you take care of yourself. The wants are what you ask for. If you say, I don't need constant validation. I know that. Love it. And I want my, I want to be with somebody who validates me regularly. And I'm going to tell him that. And even after I'm not just going to like tell him once and hope he remembers, I'm going to ask him for validation every single day or whatever. Like if that's not his strength, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I'm learning how to create the relationship I want by taking care of my needs and asking for my wants. And if he's unwilling to give me my wants, then I just decide if that's a deal breaker or not, or if maybe I'm willing to adjust that, you know, that's where it starts to come in of like, I'm never going to, there's, there's, I, in my opinion, well, okay, hang on. Whoa. So here I go to say something that I'm like, that could be so misapplied. In my opinion, there's, I'm going to say it and then I'll tell you the qualified. There's no such thing as too much grace in a healthy relationship. Yeah. In an unhealthy relationship, there absolutely is. And that's, that's a tricky line. And you'll continue to figure that one out for yourself too. You'll say like, the reason I, I feel pain is because I'm, it's either because I'm in a dysfunctional relationship or because I'm causing myself pain with my thoughts. And that's what it mostly is, mm-hmm. is that I've caused myself a ton of anxiety and stress and pain and suffering because I'm spending all this time over here wondering, like second guessing things and dissecting things. And I'm in so much pain that I wonder if my relationship is dysfunctional mm-hmm. or unhealthy or whatever word you want to use. And sometimes it is, and we can work on that 
from what I've heard so far, it doesn't sound like your relationship is unhealthy at all. It sounds like you're just in a human relationship with someone who's been gone for a year. (laughs) (laughs) It's really challenging. So you just want to give it a ton of space to say like, I'm going to work on causing myself a little less pain. I'm going to be getting really clear on what I love in a relationship and really clear on what my needs and wants are because my needs come from me and my wants come from him. And I'm going to learn to want, like there's a balance of wanting what he is offering and then asking for what you want that he isn't offering because a really cool piece of a relationship is learning to feel love in the way they have to offer it. Mm-hmm. That's one thing that I think is pretty interesting about the five love languages is that we say like, okay, I've learned my love languages. Now you have to love me this way. And I think that's a piece of it, but a really small piece of it, because when you, have you ever read five love languages? Mm-hmm. Yeah. When you identify what your love language is, you actually learn how to better love yourself, Yeah, which is so cool. You also learn how to better ask for what you want from them, not need, which feels a little threatening at first. Like, even when I say it, my lower brain is like, but aren't they supposed to? I'm like, no, no, no. Like we're just, anyway. And then the third thing that I think we learn is we learn that everybody gives out their own love language the most naturally. And they're typically the most gifted at loving in the way they want to be loved. Yeah. I want to learn how to feel love as well from his love language out at me, which is what he's going to keep doing whenever he's on autopilot or whenever he's whatever, that's going to come out of him. So I want to feel love from him all the time. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I kind of went on a tangent here, but tell me, let me, I'm going to stop there. Cause I could just, I could seriously just talk forever and I have to mm-hmm. work really hard at sticking to an hour. And also I want to hear so much more from you. And that's something I'm working on. Is I know you want to hear from me, but I also want to hear from you because what you have to say is the most important. And then what I have to say is just this beautiful frosting on top of what you have to say. (laughs) Yeah, I think, I don't know. I relate it to a lot of what you just said. I think one of the things you said probably last time also on your podcast, but just in this, like you start once you believe something, but like you start to look for those things, then the, like, if you believe, you know, in this case that, you have a healthy relationship, you will like start to look for evidence. Like, how do you think that fits into even like the cupcake model a little bit? Yeah. So have you heard me talk about the glasses? I don't think so. So I, when I say like what you'll see, what you're looking for, I talk about like mm-hmm. putting on glasses. So you'll put on glasses of like, uh, I'm worried my relationship is unhealthy. So I put on glasses that are like my unhealthy relationship glasses. And then I see I, I get so much awareness around the piece of my relationship I don't like, and I make it mean all kinds of things in my relationship. And I even see like in other people's relationships, like, oh, it seems like everyone's getting divorced. It seems like everyone's, you know, and you just start to see all that, right? Yeah. But then ultimately it's like, it's a beautiful concept that works both ways because you could put on um, grace glasses or benefit of the doubt glasses or confidence glasses or whatever that will help you find that evidence. And like, let's, let's strengthen our relationship instead of looking for the holes because every relationship has weaknesses and every relationship has strengths. Okay. Mm-hmm. So applying that to the cupcake concept. And I bring it up because I think that is a lot of it. Like for me is it's just easy to focus on the gaps and I'm, I'm the idea of putting on the glasses makes sense to me, but I'm, I have a hard time keeping them on, I guess. Sure. <laughs> Cause I don't, it's, I think that fear of like the mistake aspect of it. Like if I put the glasses on, then I'm not going to see the realities. Right. That, that fear like, but then I'll miss it. I'll miss the thing I should have got. I'll make a wrong decision, you know? Yeah. But, and that's just going to take a little time to trust yourself in that way to say like, I, I'll, if something needs to be seen, even if I'm wearing 
benefit of the doubt glasses or grace glasses, right? Mm -hmm. I'll either see it or I won't. And if I don't see it, whenever it comes to light or whatever the thing I should have seen, I'll take care of it at that point. That's why I don't need to be vigilant about watching for it now. Think about, you know, go to like a worst case scenario. Like you find out your husband or boyfriend cheated on you. And of course, as a human, we'll be like, I should have seen the signs. I should have known sooner. I should have known, but should you have, or should you have just been in a loving, trusting relationship until you knew it wasn't that? Yeah. If we're just constantly watching for disloyalty or whatever, sorry, what's that word? Betrayal. Like we're almost like creating, you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. The, the thing that feels so beautiful about our relationship is to trust that person, is to love that person, is to open yourself up and be vulnerable to that person. And the way you trust yourself, the, this all little alteration we're going to make instead of, can I trust myself to do this whole relationship right? Instead, we're going to say, I trust myself to take care of myself no matter what happens. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be in this relationship. I'm going to open up and love him until it's time to not. And hopefully that won't come. You know, if this is someone that you're wanting to be with, you know, and, and that's the kind of trust that you can, that I think won't, won't cause you that heaviness. So explore that a little bit. Like I trust you to handle whatever happens when it happens and I'll see it and know it right when I was supposed to see it and know it. Yeah. Okay. Does that feel okay? That does. Yeah. I think it releases some of that That heaviness, that heaviness and that like fear of failure, I think a little bit. Like every relationship fails until you get married and even married, like every dating relationship fails ends fails until the one that doesn't and then even marriages fail sometimes so like your lower brain is gonna like watch out for failure and you say like no it's okay like life is full of endings and failures and this one may or may not end in that and both Mm -hmm. ways I'm gonna take care of me I'll either stay in this relationship and it will grow and we'll get married and I'll take care of me that way because that's a lot of awesome and hard too or it will end and I'll take care of me that way yeah that's the trust I think that's really, I think that's really beautiful that we brought it back around to that because you want to be able to trust yourself. That question, can I trust myself, can be used for good to you. Like, of course I trust myself. I trust myself to handle whatever comes my way. Yeah. I don't trust myself by never letting the bad things come my way. Like, that's not the way I trust myself. That is that kind of it? Yeah, I think so. And I think it's that like aspect of like, then I'm looking for either previous experiences or current experiences where, okay, I did trust myself to make that decision or you know I trust myself to give someone advice on something like I must have some belief in myself that I would do that like I think I would I think I can more easily find evidence for that yeah and think about how practicing trusting yourself in this way first of all it's lighter because you're not trying to control the world because you can't yeah think about how it's going to build throughout your life just practicing it now when it's you know so this is with a boyfriend so I'm going to say like relatively low stakes like it's not low stakes like it's just like a date right but it's a boyfriend but it's not it's not a marriage yet or it's not like think about maybe the next step after marriage is often parenting right Mm -hmm. think about how much trust you need to parent yeah learn all the parenting mistakes right learn from the mistakes and it's it's that same concept of like I'm not going to never mess up as a mom I'm not going to never have something external like affect my children because that's that's a very tempting thing of like oh I should have seen that sooner. I should have seen that coming. I should have stopped that. Right. There's so many things we can't stop. Instead we say like, I'll take care. I'll, I'll handle that in the moment. I'll have my back. I'll take care of my child in that moment of pain or whatever it is. Right. Like I trust myself. I'm going to go into parenting that way. So like think about all or in your work or in, you know, there's so many aspects of life that trusting yourself in this way, I think is really going to help you lift up a little. Yeah. Like 
I don't need to stop the bad. I'll just take care of the bad if and when it happens. Okay. Uh, absolutely. And I think that's like really what I was trying to get at with the like, it's supposed to be this way thought. Like what I'm like, that's what I want to believe is like, because we are in this relationship, it it is supposed to be hard and we are learning skills that we wouldn't have ever had to if it wasn't a deployment or a military relationship. And that's what I, I, I so want to, you know, believe that. I think you'll get there pretty quick and you just take that little progression. And another one that goes along with it's supposed to be this way is like, nothing has gone wrong here. That's another way I've heard that mm-hmm. said where our lower brain is watching for things to have gone wrong. Right. And so when all you have are these few conversations that I said, your lower brain is like, this relationship has gone wrong. Like we need, we need time together. We need physical interaction. This is wrong. This is bad. Like, it'll just come at you with certain thoughts like that. And then you just say like, no, this is what it looks like when I date someone who's in the military. It's supposed to be this way. We're supposed to have this amount of time where we don't see each other and all we have are conversations and this amount of time where we're together and it's like amazing. And then he leaves again. And this is what a military relationship looks like. This is what it's supposed to be. And it's really cool. It's really cool you pointed that out because it's like, this is what relationships in general are supposed to look like, messy. But then even more specifically, this is what it looks like to date someone in the military. I think both that it's supposed to be this way is going to bring you all kinds of comfort as you stretch into being able to believe it really, really easily. And even in the heat of the moment. Yeah. Okay. I think we solved it all. (laughs) (laughs) Great. (laughs) So we'll, uh, we'll see you next Thursday, same time. And then as of right now, we'll just plan to go into wants and needs and requests and boundaries. But if anything else becomes more prevailing, we can go with that and push that to another week. But that's what I'll plan on for now. And you can just let me know. And I will send you some of those podcast episodes. Okay. That sounds great. Thanks, Jesse. Thanks. I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. Are you ready to take what you are learning here on this podcast to the next level? Then let's work together. I would be honored to be your life coach and help you create the life you dream about by focusing on what is always in your control your mindset. Are you ready for everything in your life to feel different and better without needing to change any of your circumstances? Then schedule a free call with me by going to my website, simplyresilient.net. I can't wait to work with you.